Welcome to Built in Texas, your weekly bite-sized introduction to the women leaders making an impact in the state of Texas. This week, we introduce you to Dr. Lindsay Harper, founder and CEO of Rosie, a next-level platform providing sexual health and wellness resources for women. Enjoy the show. Lindsay, welcome to Built in Texas. Happy Monday. How are you? I'm doing so good. How are you, Jasmine? So good to see you. You too. I have been wanting you to, well, first of all, I, we, we had lunch and you told me about Rosie a couple years ago and I never forget when you first told me about it. I was like, Lindsay's about to be famous and super wealthy. I hope she still talks to me a couple years later because when I heard about the idea of Rosie, I was like, this is such a brilliant idea. So I'm thrilled to have you uh, on Built in Texas this week. And so excited because we've got this special event also uh, coming up about Galentine's, but more importantly about health and wellness and self-love. And so when our yeah. teams are talking about wellness, self-love, health, there's no other company or person we could talk to but Rosie, because I feel like it's such a good, perfect fit. So thrilled to have you uh, on our show and so excited to introduce you to our community of women around the state. Um, instead of like reading your bio, which is extremely impressive and inspirational, would love for you to introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about sure. work you do. And a very important question we ask every week that you have to answer, sushi or Tex-Mex? Oh, wow. That one's really hard, but I have an answer. It's Tex-Mex all the way. I am chips and queso. When I, where I'm from is Arkansas, actually, and we call it cheese dip in Arkansas. So just a little fun fact for, for y'all today. Cheese dip There's sounds so different, dip. right? Yeah. Cheese dip I, I came different. here, I'm like, do y'all want some cheese dip? And everybody's like, what is cheese dip? I'm like, oh, y'all are fancy and call it queso? I'm so sure. Anyway, but yes, Tex-Mex all the way. But anyway, I'm so glad to be here. And I'm so glad that when you think about women's you know, health and wellness and sexuality that you think of Rosie, because that's exactly what we've been working on since that lunch, which seems so long ago, Jasmine, but I, I mean, maybe it was, I've lost all <laughs> sense of time. But um, anyway, thank you so much for having me. Uh, a little bit of background. I, like I said, I'm from Arkansas, but I came to Dallas for my medical residency. I'm an OBGYN um, and moved here for that training and love, love, love taking care of women. I love hanging out with women. I love kind of getting to the heart of the matter with women. That's really my passion is education and open communication about topics that lots of times we don't talk about. And so the way that showed up in my practice was, you know, talking about infertility, talking about sexual problems, talking about all these things that I feel like are such a big part of who we all are. But for whatever reason, lots of reasons, which, you know, I have lots of soapboxes about, mm -hmm. we could go on and on, but we've been taught and, <clears throat> um, you know, habituated to bury those things down, down, down. And what that results in is that we're ashamed and embarrassed to talk about these things that, you know, men can talk about freely and can access freely. But for, you know, for lots of reasons, we don't have those same advantages. And so that's really, um, you know, I was in practice and a lot of my patients were struggling with sexual health issues, but I hadn't had the training um, that I, mm -hmm. that I needed to help those patients. There wasn't the talk about it in the medical community. That one really crazy fact is that I spent two weeks in an erectile dysfunction clinic as a medical student. So not even like as a train, like I wasn't training to ever see men. I was just getting my general medical education. And so I knew way more about erectile dysfunction than I did any type of women's sexual health problem, even as an OBGYN, a women's health expert. And that's not, that wasn't my fault. It's not because I was like, no, I, I, you know, do not want that training. Never mind. It was because it's not built in. It's not part of medical training. And so 
you know, as my wheels got turning, I got just more and more mad. And I'm like, this is not right. It is not right that 43% of women have a sexual problem, but no one's talking about it. No one's doing anything about it. No one's funding it. And because of that, every person, every woman who's suffering feels like they're all alone. Because obviously, mm -hmm. if it were a problem, there would be, you know, some, some company like working in this space. And I just knew that wasn't true. So I, um, three years ago now left practice and started Rosie and it has been a wild roller coaster ever since I wouldn't change it for the world, but it's hard, but it's amazingly rewarding. And I love being able to connect with women like you and women who will be at this event and who will be listening to this podcast, because it's just another step up the mountain of erasing that shame and isolation that women feel about their sexuality and sexual problems. I mean, it's such a, it's such a topic that I don't even think we think about as women. We just assume that that's, that it's out there too. I was trying to describe you, Lindsay, to someone, because anytime I, I talk about Rosie all the time, even, oh, you know, thank you, and someone asked me like, tell me about Lindsay. Like, how would you describe her? I was like, she's like a Reese Witherspoon oh. with be still my heart. But 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 also some sassy Beyonce vibes in it too. She goes, this woman goes, so she's like the Beyonce of sexual health and wellness. I said, I'm gonna have to tell her to coin this because I think I'm gonna have it next time you see me, it's gonna be on the wall behind me right here as like my daily inspo for life because I write these things down honestly because sometimes I'm like, what the heck am I doing? I have no idea. And those compliments, I mean, that is like just a dream. So thank you so much for sharing that with me. And nice. I might just cry. I might be your first <laughs> crier on your podcast because that's so, it means so much. Well, but really, because if we think about Reese Witherspoon, it feels like a girlfriend, somebody personal that, you know, Lindsay, I'd be like, I'd feel comfortable talking to you about some if I had some challenges or issues. But then you also kind of sometimes I think surprise people because you seem girl next door, very sweet, but all y'all have to do is go follow Lindsay on her yeah. LinkedIn. <laughs> she, she queen of rants and she tells it like it is because this is some of the reasons why I want her on the podcast because um, this conversation of women's health and in this year, after two years of going through so much stuff together um, jointly with, with uh, the pandemic and still dealing with COVID, this is the time now, if you haven't really talked about, thought about your own health your own perspective are you satisfied how are you happy with with your life yeah. your sexual life um this is the year to do it and we want to definitely be a resource i'd love to ask you though what should we know about rosie right now like if we're like i want to know some information okay rosie sounds cool what should texas women know like right now about rosie like what are you all working on or what's happening in this year Yes. Oh my gosh. So I am as obsessed with this, you know, um, mission today as I was the day that we started it. And I view Rosie as my fourth child affectionately. And I pour sort of every, every ounce of energy every day into, um, what we're building. And I'm so thankful to still have the honor of working on it every day with my amazing team whom I love so much and owe so much. Um, but we have been, so I closed our second round of funding in the fall. And with those funds, we've been able to grow our team and we're really working right now very diligently. And hopefully by the time this is launched, this should be, this should be happening, but there's a new version of Rosie and really the way we're explaining it to people that are familiar is the Noom for women's sexual health. Um, so, <laughs> so you can download, Whoa. yeah, you can go to the app store, download Rosie completely for free, really start to understand our 
you know, our vibe, our approach, what we're all about. It's, you know, it's so important that when women come to Rosie who are experiencing a challenge when it comes to their sexuality, that we really impart that we are evidence-based, right? Everything that we do or um, communicate on the platform is be is because there's data showing that it does in some way improve women's health, women's sexual health specifically. Um, that we'll always be respectful, that we are trustworthy, and that we are a safe destination for these problems that sometimes feel really embarrassing or you know shameful. And we really want to acknowledge that and and wrap women in a big in a nice big hug and, and tell them that they've reached the right place. But when, when women come in, they will take an onboarding questionnaire, and from that we will really personalize their experience. So we understand that each woman's sexuality is as unique as her fingerprint, right? And what goes into that could be the the lack of education or sex education that she had in the past, maybe the religion or cultural context in which she was brought up, um, her past relationships, her medical challenges, her mental health challenges, all of these things go into making up our experience of sexuality. And all of those things go into making up the experience of Rosie as a partner on the path to women's sexual health. So every day when you log in, you'll have new content that pertains specifically to you. And that will all be supported by coaches and community. So we have both group coaching, which is extremely, um, I would say, you know, can be life changing for some of our users because they've never talked about these things. We offer it anonymously. So you don't have to share your identity at all, but you can hear the words of other women that are sharing the same experiences. There's also one-on-one -on -one coaching. There's a community where women can really get in there and discuss the issues that they're having. Um, and, you know, so it's our, it's our goal to just be that holistic ecosystem where women throughout all stages of life can connect with resources um, to, to really help them on their sexual health journey. I love that. And I know we're going to um, include lots of information you all in the show notes so you can get plugged in and kind of be really connected. I love this idea of group coaching um, because I think women together are that much stronger and, and with topics that are sometimes sensitive and that tends to be um, relationships, finances, um, having the support of other women is so huge too. Um, when you were growing up, did you think about your dream was to be a physician or when you were in fifth grade, did you say, hmm, I might be the Beyonce of sexual yeah. <laughs> illness? Wow. I think I'm going to revolutionize the way we talk about sexual health. Like who would ever plan or think this? So talk about- Probably not me. <laughs> Talk yes. about your journey as, as now a tech entrepreneur, which I know we have a top, one of the things we talk about here is, is imposter syndrome all the time because yeah. a lot of us women leaders are always questioned, do we belong here? What does it mean to be a tech entrepreneur? Like, yeah. how have you dealt with that on your journey? I love that. And I'm still answering those questions today. So this like definitely um, is a is an awesome question that I'm excited to talk about. So yeah, when I was a little kid, I my two career goals were either to be a doctor or to be a babysitter. So oh. I went with a doctor and I'm so glad that I did. I mean, that's 100% exactly what I am supposed to be. And mm -hmm. even now, some people who, this is another rant, just BTW, I should like make a list of Lindsay's rants, but this is one of them. Like, didn't you used to be a doctor? And like, there's like a fire that comes from within. And I'm like, I am a doctor. Like, what are you talking about? Anyway, it's fine. But um, I am, I was meant to be a physician. I love so many aspects of it, particularly women's health. I actually, after my two weeks in the erectile dysfunction clinic, 
like, I was like, I never want to take care of a man again. And I only want to focus on women. And I'm, I mean, that was definitely the place for me. So um, I never thought that I would be a tech entrepreneur and, you know, ever, ever, ever one time. Now I married a very entrepreneurial person. And the way that I think about it is that his like entrepreneurial spirit, which is very strong, like worm hold its way into my head, you know? And it was like, Lindsay, like, and he, so he sort of started me on that training. We were married for 11 years before I started Rosie. Like, what about the world do you know, do you notice that you can specifically like work on or work towards or fix? And so it's these like mantras, like over and over that allowed me to sort of like take the cover off of my face and be like, Hey, I am, I mean, I loved being in practice, but like, and, and through medicine, when you go that route, you're not taught anything about, you know, business. You're not taught anything about being an entrepreneur. There's nothing like that. It's like, you're going to be a doctor. This is how you do it. This is like the, the game plan and go do it. And that's what I had done. But through, through that sort of coaching, truly, because there's nothing else to call it, I became aware that there were lots of other options and that my life could be exactly how I wanted, what I wanted to create. <clears throat> so I really got onto this because I'm very passionate about education. So I was, I started thinking about education and then I noticed truly this huge discrepancy in the field of women's sexuality. The idea came to me, like I'm sure it does many other people, like in like a, a waterfall, like it was so much at one time and I wasn't sleeping. I was writing all the time. I would not shut up about it everywhere I went. That's all I would talk about. And so it just became this little spark that like was getting so much oxygen and it was growing and growing and growing. And finally, one day, you know, my, my original people who were involved were like, Hey, like, this is a really good idea. If you're going to do it, then we need you to do it full time. And I was like, hold up, you know, like, like, what does that mean? I'm going to have to leave medicine. And in fact, that was probably the biggest decision in this whole journey is like leaving my practice, leaving my patients, leave my partners whom I all adored. Um, and really like jumping off of this cliff or falling off of it maybe. And, you know, I'm so thankful that I did because it has been a journey. I've had tons of imposter stuff, but what I've recently really come to appreciate is, you know, it's honestly like, I feel really good about the work that I'm doing when I know that truly on a daily basis, like on an actual 24 hour basis. And this is true, not only for my business, but for my family, for my marriage, that I showed up and and did the best I could that day. You know what I mean? And that the outcome, and I have a really, this is, I mean, I'm literally like having my coaching session with you right now. Just <laughs> FYI, like I could just play you back the recording, but um, I have a great like sense of self when it comes to parenting. I'm like, these kids are wild cards. I don't actually know what's going to happen to any of them, but I'm going to do the very best I can to be the very best mom. Right. And I think the thing that's been really helpful for me is to think about the business in that way. Like I have I, my, I have an effect on the outcome of the business, but I, my sense of self is not do or die, right? Mm -hmm. On what's going to happen 10 years from now. I'm going to show up every single day, do the best job that I can, lead from my heart, connect with my people, connect with our users. And that's going to be my definition of success. And I actually, you know, had this epiphany that like that actually probably defines that eventual success because I'm not going to be bogged down mm -hmm. in perfectionism. I'm not going to be bogged down, um, you know, in these day-to-day -day seeming successes or failures. It's all about that bigger picture and really my drive to make it happen. So that's how I've 
learn to deal with it. But like I said, I mean, it's an ongoing process. Fundraising will beat the best of us down. Um, and so it's a lot. I mean, there's no other way around it, but I'm so thankful to have the opportunity to do it truly. Well, and I think your your own journey is kind of in alignment with the journey of a woman and self-loving, self-love and, and putting her sexual health and just general health and wellness first too. Like you defining what works for you. Um, yeah. I think a lot of us have been doing things that have worked for everybody else for a long time. And, and quarantine, A, revealed a lot. I know I had lots of friends. Um, the relationship either... It, it pointed out that it was a good relationship. Or right. there was a lot of, so there was tons of babies. Everybody I know has is pregnant right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, um, but then I, it also points out the the challenges. So we saw companies make huge, drastic changes during quarantine too, because we're kind of sitting here forced to focus. And one of the things I discovered for myself, but I think I, my girlfriends and, and women just in our community is like, we can create our trajectory. Like we That's decide right. when we're ready. To what we want to do and no we don't have to figure it out we don't have to have it completely figured out but we kind of get to say what success is we get to kind of be in control of our sexual health and wellness so many women even when the, the conversation of speaking with doctors are saying no something doesn't feel right or this mm. is we've kind of it, we need permission to actually have these conversations and that's why i love about rosie because it feels like there's some freedom there and there's this is the time now for women in general to be free, whether it's starting a business or actually putting their health first too, right? Absolutely. And that comes from within you. We don't need anyone's permission, whether it's our partner, whether it's our doctor, whether it's some, you know, whatever, like insert whomever you want to in that equation. Like our power is within us. And once we tap into that, like truly our lives can be exactly what we want to create them to be. It's such a powerful, it's not, it's easy to say, but to experience it truly is such a, such a meaningful piece of life. And I just hope that, you know, and I know that you're a big part about creating that for the women who are listening. And I think that's such a gift um, to this whole community. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I'm curious though. So I, I want to definitely get into some of the work you all are doing specific because I know you gave us a little overview of what's to be expected. And we've also had several ladies ask why the name Rosie. So of course I've got to ask Ooh. you that. But as you talk about this journey, we like to have, we like to provide bite-sized introductions to the women just doing cool stuff around the state. That's a really big mission of Built in Texas. But we also know that we're all still trying to figure stuff out. We are all screwing up, doing great. Yeah. Or so we all we we use this time each week too to just talk about what's working strategies advice too um i saw one of your lindsay's rants about the challenge <laughs> you had in marketing your business and i find this so fascinating as a marketer i was floored by this because i had no idea that this is something that even existed um i'd love for you to share um kind of what challenges you've had in marketing rosie and then um what's been the biggest what's been your biggest observations lessons learned from that process yeah, you know, it's so it's fascinating because I am a person who whenever I set my like sights on something, I just it will happen. And there's not there's not like a plan B. My grandmother, whom I love very much, but was very traditional and never worked a day in her life, asked me like, oh, are you going to go to, you know, like, oh, I heard you're planning to go to medical school. Like, what are you going to do if you don't get in? And like, I'm still mad about that. Like, and she's she's in heaven. Like, it's all done. But I'm like, there, 
well, I'll apply again. Like there's no plan B, you know, like I don't, there's not like an alternative. And I feel the same way about (laughs) kind of how I feel about how Rosie should exist in the world. And the fact that, you know, so I'll start from the beginning. Whenever um, we had heard like, oh man, the sexual health brand for women, particularly that's going to be kind of tough. And I was like, what? You guys don't know what you're talking about. Like, it's fine. Like everybody needs this. I'm a doctor, like remain calm, you know? (laughs) And, um, so then the way that we went to market is by telling doctors and therapists that we were in the world, right? Because when I was in practice, I needed Rosie Mm -hmm. and I needed some, an evidence-based thing to tell my patients about that would, you know, not take a lot of time from me in the office and also give my patients like a destination to Mm -hmm. address these really serious problems. So that's the way we went to market. That was super successful for us. Mm -hmm. And then in the second year of business, we were like, okay, like we know we're going to raise again. We need to scale quickly. This doctor channel is super effective, but there's only so much you can, you know, turn that, turn that lever quickly. So we decided to go D to C and we started with paid social and it was amazing. Like it was great. We saw like such great, like cost per install, like lots of really good, um, you know, metrics that we were following. And then all of a sudden our entire ads account just got shut down. No explanation, no nothing just all of a sudden no ads running. And we were like, what? And that's the thing. I mean, there's a lot to this whole conversation, but you know, we, the, the, um, the challenge with paid social is that there's not someone sitting there to tell you what specifically about your ads went wrong, right? There's this, there's this overarching policy about adult content and promoting, you know, sexuality and things like that. And it's just kind of a blanket. And it's like, no, these are medical problems. I'm a doctor. Like these are legitimate things that women need to know about. And yet it's still, and the hardest part about it is, is it's very unpredictable. So one ad might get approved and another ad is totally shut down or they'll let it run for a couple of days and then it's shut down or, you know, some, somehow it gets on their radar and then it goes down. And so it's pretty infuriating because especially when you're seeing those really good um, metrics, because you know, women, it's, it's resonating, right? Women need these things. Women want these things. We're not doing the things that they're, that they're saying that we're doing in terms of selling, you know, sexual content, things like that. But it's just, we had a con, we had a meeting with our Facebook rep who was like, well, we'll literally have to go back and change like international Facebook policy to allow y'all to advertise. And I was like, well, okay. like, sounds like that's what needs to be done. And he like laughed at us, you know, I mean, I think You're I like, no, I'm serious. Like, Way, yeah. And I'm like, cool, like, let's do that. You know? Yeah. And he's like, no, that's a, that's a hard stop. And so mm-hmm. it's just, it's like, and, and so as a space, right. It's not just, it's not just Rosie. It's not just women's sexual health. It's other companies who are trying to work through menopause. It's other companies who are working on, you know, what we call stress urinary incontinence or leaking of urine. It's companies mm-hmm. working on pelvic floor trainers for women with painful sex or for, you know, it's all over the board. It's across the board for women's health. And so it's infuriating because we're trying to do so much to change healthcare for women. And we're just being, it's being sort of stuffed back down in our faces. And so meanwhile, women literally across the planet are suffering in shame and isolation with these really, really common medical problems that guess what? Already men have access to all these solutions very widely through Facebook ads, right? That's not a problem. And that's where it gets a really, you know, infuriating is because they're letting this stuff run on the men's side and they're blocking so wait, it on Lindsay, the men's side. Lindsay, so you mean to tell me like if there's a company that deals with erectile dysfunction, they're allowed to run paid ads? Oh, 
Yes. And please, okay, I after this, we'll send you, and maybe we can link it in this, but there have okay. been two articles written recently that show like side-by-side -side ads. Like this one was approved. This one was denied. This one was approved. This one was denied. There's like a lotion for men to, for solo play for men. That one's approved. She just like, did air, air quotes, you guys, too, by the way. Yeah, sorry. So air quotes. <laughs> should, have done, should have said air quotes. But yeah, I mean, it's absolutely infuriating. And it's like, okay, I need to know, is this AI, like, is this a faulty AI? Or are these mm -hmm. actual human beings who are saying this is approved and this is denied? Because if so, like, that's even worse. You know what I mean? There's just so many, as with what is becoming very, we're aware of in a lot of areas of our lives, just systemic problems. And women's health is a huge example of that, especially when it comes to marketing. Did you find out that answer to that question though? Is it AI or is it actual people making these decisions? I think it's so a mixture. Know. I think it's a mixture. I think, and I don't know. So I don't want to comment, but I think that the, if they were to tell me the answer, I think it would have to be a mixture because the way that the process works is it gets denied and then you can submit it for review. And I think that review process is a human um, and then they can approve or deny. So I think it's a mixture, but I, but I, what I question is, are those men's ads getting flagged right in the first place? Right. So at the yeah. AI level, are the men's ads getting going through and ours aren't, or mm -hmm. are theirs getting denied and then ours are getting not approved by a person and theirs are right. Like where's, where's the discrepancy in the system. It's very opaque. They don't have to tell us. So, so I don't think they're going to, um, but if we can't grow, like if we can't show our growth, like the rest of these companies who are crushing it, we're not going to get the funding that it's going to mm -hmm. take to overcome these challenges. Yes. And it's going to be a self-perpetuating problem. Right. Is so it all the social, really is it just Facebook, Instagram, or have you seen this with all <laughs> the major social platforms? The, well, the other place where we sometimes see it is Google. Um, but um, that's a, probably about as far, like we've never done. Oh, no, it happens on TikTok. Actually, we were doing a TikTok oh. live with, with a physician, I want to tell you, with a doctor, Facebook Live. She has like a jillion followers. We were on, I oh, know, we were on TikTok Live. Is that what you call it? I don't know. Uh, My daughter does TikTok. Name. I don't. Sorry, yeah. guys. Yeah, but it got like totally shut down in the middle of it. And we were talking oh, about medical issues. Doctor to doctor, we had a 30-minute one planned, and I think eight minutes into it, just got cut off. Couldn't, couldn't do it. That was it. Um. How frustrating. Yeah. It's not oh, like we were sitting around talking about like our sexual fantasies. We were talking about medical problems. I mean, right. like this is ridiculous. It feels like there's some sexism for sure in this. And the reason I wanted us to talk about this because we need more of us to know about this. I'm someone who's pretty well read. I follow trends and I really had no idea about this. So of course, I'm going to tell everybody and their mama, uh, Lindsay, about this yeah. because it's so, Thank you. It, it's so annoying and disgusting. So I think the conversation needs to happen for sure. But I think this also leads to like a really good nugget of leadership that we usually like to share. We are going to face as female founders, we're going to face obstacles and we're going to face obstacles that are like WTF um, and yeah. things that maybe our male counterparts may not face, but you still had to work around it, right? You couldn't just say, yeah. Oh shoot, our ads weren't approved. We've got to end everything. Can you talk about what, what, how did you guys kind of work around this and maybe some advice for those founders that are like, I'm at a WTF moment right now, Lindsay, I'm about to quit. Yeah. Girl, what do I need to do? Yeah. I mean, that is like if startup life, like startup life right. is like WTF, like <laughs> over and over and over. But I think it's honestly, I think it's about 
you know, being able to take a step back and saying, okay, well, fine, Meta or Facebook, like you do you. Like long, not a long time ago, nobody had those options. And probably mm -hmm. five years from now, those options will all be changed or a year from now or six months from now, which we yes. saw a huge change with iOS 14 too, by the way, that was another big issue. But um, there's, it's always changing. And that's the point of being an entrepreneur. If there were a guidebook for like what we should do in each situation, that would be called like corporate America, right? Like we already decided right. we didn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And we got into this for a reason. And the reason is because we believe in ourselves enough to do the work. We can take a step back and say, okay, here's my mission. Here's the, here are, you know, the, the obstacles in the way and how do I work around those? That's truly from, from a people standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, from a product standpoint, that's what it's all about. And so when you think of that as your job, then, it, but when you think of these obstacles as your job, especially if you're the leader of your company or the leader of your division or whatever you're up to, then it becomes less about us, right? It's not a personal thing to, to me, Lindsay, that Facebook won't air our ads. Right. It's a systemic thing. And it's something that if I believe in this mission and I'm dedicated to it, that I will figure out. And so then you just figure out the next best thing. We don't have to know all the game plan from A to Z. We have to know from A to B. And then from B to C and then from C to D, we can keep the vision in our, in our site. We don't have to know the exact path, but we've just got to keep going and stay, stay on the right path. So I think, yeah, when you take it from being personal to being yeah. like expected, then it makes it a little easier, you know, to keep working through. Yeah. And I, I think that taking it personal, because sometimes our businesses become our babies, our spouse, our, totally. you know, so like taking yourself out of it, that it's not really about you. It, it is just right. part of your job, though. You have to navigate. We can do really tough things. So I think that's a great leadership advice. I'd like to also um, ask you about balancing everything. Um, lots of the women tuned in have children. Um, I have a, um, I'm a dog mom. You all have met Cash brand before, uh, but you specifically, you're, you've got several children, you're married, you've got a lot going on. I know you probably, you've got girlfriends. You're, I don't know if you still have a social life of your husband do date night. I'm not sure how. Yeah, we do. Okay. So yeah. about, um, do you think women can have it all? Is it, is it myth of work-life balance? Does it exist? Um, and you, I think can speak about this clearly because you before we logged on you've talked about having to pick your kids up but yet you're yeah. also still got to work on Rosie so tell us about your thoughts on that yeah you know for me this this work really I did actually when I was transitioning out of practice and um transitioning into Rosie when I was in practice I did not have great work-life balance and that's kind of intrinsic to the job like you take call you're at the hospital all night like it's there was not I didn't feel that I had a lot of control over it now doing the work that I've done I realized that I could have set those circumstances up differently for myself. But when I transitioned, I wanted to make sure that I was very intentional about how I spent my time, right? Not to say that one aspect of my life was any more important than the other. But at the end of the day, when I'm, you know, old and, and like gonna die, I don't want to have like, given too much of myself in one place at the at the expense of something else, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was very, um, and still am, and, and now it's just a part of me. So it's it comes much more easily, but very, um, I would say deliberate about just really truly how I spend my time. So my calendar is literally like a, a, such a huge part of me. If Google calendars ever goes out, I don't, I think I'll cry. Like, I don't know what I'll do, but it has everything on there from working out, which we were talking about, taking my kids to school, 
every single meeting all day long. Then it has, if that my children have sports activities, I have three kids. Um, if we, with my husband and I do date night every other Tuesday night, we have on Friday nights, we don't schedule anything social. My husband is a social butterfly. He has like 30,000 friends and I would rather have like five best friends, like ride or die. You know what I mean? Which is how we operate. But because he has so many friends, there's always people coming on the calendar, which is great, but we stay home with our kids on Friday night. So we don't open that up to social stuff. And then we have Saturday night open to social stuff. And I allow myself during the week to do one thing at night, sometimes two, like special occasion, I'll do two. Um, But that way I'm not, because before I did this, I was out at dinner at night or I was at work or I, you know, on the weekend we were out both Friday and Saturday night. It's like, I had these kids for a reason. Like I want to be an intentional parent, just like I want to be an intentional CEO and I want to be an intentional wife. So it's really about like, okay, what is the time on the calendar and how do I attribute my, you know, priorities in translate them into time and then physically plug them in on the calendar. And I think that that has been a successful, you know, we are very busy and I love to travel, which is another sort of complicating factor. My zest for life, like (laughs) um, brings a lot of like yeses in. And I just have to be very careful about, you know, yes to too many things. Um, And that's a struggle that I still have is it's like, where does my yes, no meter cut off? And I think that's a, that's a never ending question as, as careers continue, but um, generally that's how I divide it up. Okay. I think that's important. I think if you don't make time for these things, it's just not going to happen. Like you literally could just wake up and work all day. So I think that's such a point. And I, I love the fact that you all are doing date night every other Tuesday too, because it's still being really mindful of the fact you both are very busy people, right? Like, I mean, ideally it'd be great for you to do it every week, but I think that's realistic to do that. Now, day night to me, that's what, it's not just ordering pizza, right? And hanging out on the couch, like are y'all going out? Yeah, we go out because our kids are here. So like we're not hanging out here. Yeah, (laughs) we leave. So sometimes it's, sometimes it's a drink after we leave the office. Like it doesn't have to be, there's not a ton of pressure on it, but it's spending time on purpose together. You know, other, like last Tuesday, we went to a Mavs game. So fun. We used to do it where we would alternate planning it. And actually I got this advice from one of the sex therapists on our platform where it's like you, Lindsay, you plan something not for your partner, but for you that you want to do. And that way it involves your partner in the experience that fills you up. And then on his Mm -hmm. night, and I, I mean, the things he planned, they weren't that, I mean, some of them were fun. We went rock climbing one time. That was hard as hell. I don't know if you've ever done that, but I was like, I work out and I'm fairly strong. I cannot rock climb to save my life. Like I was like, can we go? Can we leave? Like, I don't want to do this. And then another, I mean, he, he was planning all kinds of weird stuff, but the point is, is it keeps it fresh. It keeps it fun. We don't get like in a rut. And that way we're doing new experiences together a lot like when you're dating, you know, before when you're putting some thought into things and not just pressing, pressing play. No, I love that. And I think it's, uh, we talked about this too, like self-care for female founders is you might need to get a cleaning lady, you know, you need to get your nails done. Like that's our self-care. It's like, it's yes, massages and all that traditionally, but like it's this finding this time, taking a nap. Like our self-care is so important yes. critical to the success of our company. And, and like, it's okay to do it. Like I think the permission 100%. thing, right? like it's okay. Oh, I have so much help, Jasmine. I have so much help. We, I have a person who cleans my, I have a nanny. 
I hate getting massages because all I do is spin out about everything else I'm supposed to be doing during that time. That doesn't feel like I don't not get massages, but it doesn't feel really great to me. Right. Which means I probably need like more massages and mindfulness. <laughs> because, but the point is, is like I my self-care is just like you said, like, you know, the people who who are in our army in our lives and the and the systems that we set up for success, because that's really what what I need to be happy. And that's actually at the beginning of COVID, like we were in the car coming home from Arkansas, where we're from. And like the mandate came down, like lockdown mandate. And um, I was bawling in the car. And my husband was like, are you okay? And I was like, no, that there goes all my people. Like that's oh. all my, that's my whole life. I don't, we don't have school. We don't like, we can't have none of our help. And so it, like that it was really devastating to me and really highlighted like that idea of truly what is taking care of myself look like. And it's like, mm -hmm. if I want to do all these things in my life, I have to have all of those support people or it doesn't work. And for a few months, it absolutely didn't work. So. No, I, I get that. And I think the phrase of, of 2022 is systems for success. Like, oh, yes, that's good. Because you're not perfect. And there's days where like, right. if you don't put that system in, in place, it's like what I'm happening right now. I say I'm working out, but because I've not put a good yeah. system in place, I, it's not happening. So I'm going to start right. going to sleep with my workout clothes. That's my next strategy. Ooh, I love that. Sleep. Had a sneakers right there because if I give myself two seconds of checking emails, it's a wrap for sure. It's over for sure. You can't, you can't start. I know. You know what, what I haven't figured out a good system for. I've tried lots of systems, but I'm still struggling is dinner time. I hate dinner. I hate the fact that I'm in charge of dinner. I don't cook. And it just pisses me off every time when everyone's like, what's for dinner? I'm like, I don't know. Like, why don't y'all figure it out? You know, I have, once again, my kids are not like old. My oldest is 11. So they can like figure some cereal out, but on a regular basis, it's my job to do that. So I, if anyone out there has a system for dinner, I don't know what it is, but I sure haven't found it. We didn't even ask because my dad was the better um, cook. So we would never ask my moms. We knew that was going to be um, a frozen pizza or hamburger help. Oh yeah. Good. I love your mom. She's my people. <laughs> right? My husband is also the cook of our family, but he is so like, um, everything he does is very like, he's a perfectionist. So right. his, his cooking takes like five hours <sighs> and every dish is dirty. So on a weeknight, we would eat at like midnight if he were cooking, you know, so he can cook on the weekends, but weeknights we're struggling. Yeah. We so said we got 30 minutes. Yeah, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're almost out of time. So I want to, we always end with um, talking about the women that inspire and change our lives. But I'd love for us uh, to end with um, what's next for Rosie and also where you got the name from. And then how can our community of women help and support what you're doing? Ah, thank you. Um, okay, so I'll start with where, where we got the name from. So earlier, I was talking about how like everything just came to me in like a waterfall. It was truly like in a 48 hour period that the idea came, that the name came, that like the, the original like MVP version came. And um, Rosie is meant to um, represent like a knowledgeable expert with whom you would also want to go have a drink. Like that's my idea for Rosie. Like I want, I want the product and probably myself, I'm probably making some statements about myself to be like, um, you know, um, approachable 
but also trusted, right? And so that's really what Rosie's meant to represent, but it has lots of other connotations, right? It's obviously it's female. Rosie, like a rose has a romantic connotation. And in my nerdy doctor brain, like when the vulva, which is a word we're going to learn at at our event, so everyone should come, um, is injected or engorged, just like when a penis is erect, then Mm -hmm. it becomes red, right? So Rosie. So there's like a romantic one. There's a sexual one. There's a professional one. It's very, it's very wrapped up. Um, you thought about this. I thought about it a lot. <laughs> well, and, and I don't have any friends named Rosie, but if I pictured a girl named Rosie, she seems like somebody I would have a drink with. And she seems like she's kind of chill like too. Yeah. I love that. Fun. I love Rosie. And it's probably yeah. with why, not IE too. I know. I know. It's, it, I, I actually don't know why that is. I think I just picked that and thought that that's just how it was. But um, yeah, so that's that's the name story. Coming up next for us, really, um, we're so excited about this new product launch. We would love for everybody to check it out. R-O-S-Y in the app store, both Google and Apple. Um, and just give us your feedback. Join a group coaching session. Let us know how you feel. What we're really looking for, you know, is how to really change the world. We're, we're available in the United States right now, but we have lots of international expansion plans, lots of ways that we can help to support women's sexual health, both for women and also for their healthcare providers. We're now recommended by 6% of OBGYNs in the country. So really excited about that, but want to grow that number. Want everyone, want Rosie to be, you know, a um, internationally recognized, trusted brand for women's sexual health. Take the shame and isolation out of it, bring sexual health where it should be and sort of out of the you know, the corners and the creeks and crevices into the, onto the stage of women's health. And that's my, my real mission. So I'd love, you know, anyone who's listening to, to check out the platform, download the app, come visit our website, meetrosie.com. Um, and maybe start a conversation with somebody, a girlfriend, a partner, your physician, because really until we start talking about this stuff, it's, you know, we're not going to make a lot of progress. So I think that, um, you know, if you're having an, or experiencing an issue or you know someone who is, then then we're a great starting resource. But also those conversations can really help extend this mes- mission and message uh, across the world faster. I think it's 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 got all the makings of a sexy brand that it's cool, it's interesting, it's provocative. But on top of all that, it's actually helpful. Like it's solving something that we need solved here. And it puts women first. Of course, that's a one in my book too, but it's this idea of this kind of shared sisterhood and that no matter yeah. what you're going through, that you've got another woman here who's got your back. So I can't wait to see what comes from it. I I still, I, I believe it's it's going to be so huge, Lindsay. I knew that when we, I forgot where we were having lunch, but I remember I was like, this is going to, this feels really big. So I'm excited that it's here in Texas and we can't wait to follow your journey. Um, what woman, though, we always like to end our conversations with talking about the Texas women that inspire. Yeah. And it's been moms. We've had Ann Richards. We've had um, Laura Bush. We've had Beyonce, Selena. Love I mean, that. We've had everything. Actually, Claire Huxley from The Cosby Show is from Houston. I did not know that. Uh, I didn't know that either. Love We that. had Barbara Jordan recently. So I'd love to ask you as we close out this week's Built in Texas with a Texas woman or women that have inspired you or they're your jam or you feel like you've got some connection to. Oh my gosh. Well, there's so many, truly so many of our investors are Texas women. Um, you know, so many of my, um, partners in healthcare are obviously women. So many amazing 
people and patients to think about. Um, luckily, you sent this question to me beforehand, so I had a chance to think <laughs> about it. And I think that if I am thinking about from an entrepreneurial perspective, honestly, Julia Cheek is probably like someone who I really admire because she has taken Everly Well and knocked it out of the park. And I think that's just so inspirational from my perspective. I know her personally, and I just have loved to watch the journey from where she started to where she is now, her leadership, her, you know, her commitment to evidence-based um, uh, practices within her company. And I'm just a huge fan. And I really appreciate that she, you know, there's such a, um, something to be said for someone whom you know and who's in your community and just watching them take off. And that's just, that's so inspirational. I love that. She's, that's the first mention of her. And I think you're exactly Yay. right. Such a game changer and um, fearless too. Yeah, right? just go for it. Yeah, she kind of, we talk about this all the time too, because our mantra is whether you've been here for like a, a day or 20 years, like we claim you and already call you a Texas woman because- oh, I love that. Some kind of extraness, like yes. thing yeah. that I think most of the women I've met here, they just have, there's some kind of extra thing. And it's this thing we call the new Texas because Texas right now is such this, this convergence of transplants and people yeah. like yourself who weren't born here, but you bring your family experiences, your culture, it's your travels here. So that's kind of what's happening here in, in the state of Texas, which is so exciting because it's just this kind of melting pot of all kinds of cool stuff happening. And we do believe it's women um, that are leading the, the charge there. So Lindsay, I want to thank you for being with us this week for on Built in Texas. I have so many ideas about you, what you're doing, but more importantly, this discrepancy between how we market businesses that serve us. Um, I feel like this is going to be a part two coming, a part two conversation. Hey, okay, let's do it. I want to hear all your ideas. Jessica. Yeah. Me. I think this is definitely something huge. And I'm definitely one of those people that I hate that when it's like, we're not equal. Cause for me, we can all excel and compete and be great business right. owners if we're starting at the same place and we've got equal access. So when I sense there's no equal access, I'm like, mm, that's yeah. not right. <laughs> uh, we need to talk about this. So uh, we'll definitely keep this conversation going. And Thanks. how can everyone connect with you? Yeah, so probably the best place is Instagram. So my, I am Lindsay, which is spelled differently, L-Y-N-D-S-E-Y, Harper, H-A-R-P-E-R-M-D. Um, and then Rosie is at meet, M-E-E-T underscore Rosie, R-O-S-Y. And we'd love to connect there for sure. But also check out the app because that's like our life's work. So please check it out. Yes, we will include a link for you all to download it. I've downloaded, we didn't even get into the stories on the app. Uh, that's a whole that, other episode. That was a whole other conversation. This These erotic stories. I, I spent some time. I'm not even going to lie, Lindsay. I I'm glad. Me yeah. too. I've spent some time. <laughs> And I have, I have good news for you. It's an evidence-based intervention, like for sexual health. So just so you know, it's like a prescription, Jasmine. It's there all good. You go. It's like working yeah. out. It's part of our health. We need it. It is. You need it. I'm telling you, it's a true story. I have the data. Exactly. So yeah. <laughs> um, everyone will check, check out meetrosie.com. We'll have the links to uh, all of the information. And of course, you've got to download the app too. So Lindsay, thanks so much for joining us on Bills in Texas. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always so fun to hang out with you, Jasmine. You too. And thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll see you next Monday. Bye. Bye.